Bible. I used to little, you know, they had a legit, legit decision to follow Jesus. You know when you like know about God and then you kind of just come to youth, but then you make like a 100, I am all into this thing, baby, kind of decision 12 years ago and my life has never been the same. I, you know, I'm not saying that I've definitely had some challenges. Some days it's hard. Some days it's still hard now. I want to encourage you. Today was a little bit hard, but I want to encourage you. My life has never been the same since I made a 100 decision to follow Jesus. I used to play basketball back in the day. I played for the East Perth Eagles. We've got some basketball fans up in here. I've got Philadelphia, Allen Iverson. I used to do my thing. I was a starting point guard, and I got to a point in my life where I had to make a decision. I felt God asking me for my basketball career. I trained with the Perth Wildcats. I was doing quite well, and uh, I came to this point where I had to make a decision because I felt that God asked me to give that to Him, and that's exactly what I did. And now, I'm living the dream. I am married to a beautiful woman called Simone. She sings like an angel. She's from New Zealand. I have two amazing kids. One called Ezra. He's a two-year-old. He's absolutely crazy. And I have a little daughter called Nora. And I will show you some pictures tomorrow. Uh, or after we can hang, I can show you some pictures on my phone. And uh, that's pretty much me. That's what I do. I, I'm a pastor. I work at Global Heart Church. I look after the schools. I'm the community's pastor. I look after the schools ministry. I've been in schools, uh, you know, doing stuff like programs and value stuff for like 10 years, and I, I love my job. And one thing also that I love is rap music. Come on, we got some rap music people. So what I sometimes try and do is like remix songs, and sometimes I think my version is better, but whatever, I'm just feeling it, and so a song called Closer, and I know you probably know that song's like, it's kind of old, but whatever, I bring the remix out, 2020 remix, okay, can we, can we do that, so can I drop some bars up in, let's, oi, bro, actual, let's spit bars, but I need your help, so uh, you're going to need to get up one more time, but before you get up, let me teach you the lyrics, you got to sing the chorus, okay, because I remixed the chorus, did it, took a lot of time, so I need you to sing it, okay, Oh, it's up there. Okay. All right. What's this? Oh, wait. No. What's that music? Oh, that Spotify was on as well. I want to teach you this. In your biggest voice, you got to sing this. It's take me over. Be the center of my heart. Because you love me from the start. I put my life into your head. Cause I know you got the plan, life eternal with no burdens, living for you. And one more time, just you say, Jesus, pull me closer. Hey, 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 hey. From there, I put my life into your hands. Mm. Oh. Yo, I might have to take you guys to the next camp I'm going to preach at. But I need you to stand up. You can't listen to rap music sitting down, you crazy children. Come over here. Hey, DJ, spin my track, but make sure it's nice and loud, man. We're going to spit bars up in here. Come over here. Come a bit closer. Bars like Drake. Oh, like Drizzy, man. Let's go. Play that track. Nice and loud. Yo, turn that up. Yeah, 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 turn that beat up. Ah, uh, ah, uh, so good. 
Standing in amazing grace, living in the Savior's love, can't it take my sin away? I'm on that curb, friendly, walking to a brighter day. I got that new creation swag when I'm stepping, man. And I ain't worried about a thing, cause he gave me life. Got me like, hey, this hey, buddy's love, he's really all I need. Got me living for his name. Verse 2. He's the God of the breakthrough. The enemy's been defeated, depleted, and that was straight shit. Miracles and blessings, filling up my rhyme book. Hearing from the Lord, you know I don't need Facebook. Open up my eyes, told me easy, take another look. I got that 2020 spot and know the devil's hooks. I'm so free because of Jesus. He took away my fear, help me preach this. for the halftime talk tonight. And I want to talk to you from John chapter 6. If that's all right. I want to talk to you from John chapter 6. And uh, we're going to grow from verse 60. It's going to come up on the screen. But while you get there, I just want to tell you what's going on in John chapter 6. Just before we land at verse 60, Jesus is doing his thing like a boss. Come on. He's healing people. He's doing crazy things. He's speaking out. People are getting healed. Demons flying out. Ah! All sorts of awesome stuff is happening. Jesus is doing his thing. And he gets a crowd, like a massive crowd. I'm not talking about 20 people crowd. I'm not talking about 200 people. He had thousands of people following him. And Jesus turned around and he was with one of his disciples. He was kind of just doing his thing. He said to one of his disciples, bro, these people look parched. Eh? These people are looking rough. They must need something to eat. 
And you know, you get that, that's when that miracle happens where Jesus feeds this amazing, this massive crowd of 5,000 with just two fish and five loaves. Come on, do you know this story? And I want to encourage you straight from the start that God can do a lot with a little. And so we see that happen right there in that story. And these people, they eat this food, they witness an amazing miracle. The Bible actually says the reason that they were following Jesus in the first place was because of the amazing miracles that Jesus did. And so what happens is that day, uh, you know, of ministry, and they did that, this amazing five loaves, he feeds 5,000. And then in the evening of that day, Jesus tells his disciples they needed to go to a place called Capernaum. It was on the other side of the lake. Come on, someone say the other side of the lake. And so his disciples, they do what Jesus said. They get in, and then a storm comes. Uh, they're about five or six Ks out. A storm comes, and then Jesus rolls up to the disciples walking on top of the water. He didn't go swimming. He didn't have no dinghy. He was walking on top of the water to the disciples. They get to Capernaum, and they rest, and they have, they set up camp. Bring some of those fish again. Let's have dinner. And they, you know, do fish and chips for dinner. And then morning that those same people, the 5,000 that ate the, you know, the two fish, five loaves, they witnessed the miracle. Those same people were looking for Jesus. Where is Jesus at now? And they were looking everywhere. They asked Siri, find Jesus near me. They were looking at his last Facebook location, all that sort of cool stuff. I don't use it, but Snap Maps. There was, they looked on Snap maps and they were trying to find Jesus and they finally find where Jesus is at and when they get there they say Jesus we've been looking for you everywhere and you would expect that when a thousand or five thousand people come to you and say we've been looking for you everywhere you would expect that he would at least be like pumped about that but Jesus doesn't respond like that in fact Jesus's response is really surprising he doesn't give them cuddles he doesn't say oh look at you you sweetie you've been looking for me everywhere this is what Jesus says in John chapter 6 verse 26 I think it's going to come up on the screen it says that Jesus answered them and said very truly I tell you you are looking for me not because you saw the signs that I performed but because you ate the loaves and had your fill and so Jesus responds by challenging their motive their reason for looking for him in the first place and they were offended at this and they were just like um whatever and their response to that was you know they they started to question who give, who gives you talk to us like that who gives you the authority you know what Jesus why don't you do a miracle and then we'll decide if you can talk to us like that they forgot the very reason that they were following him in the first place was because of the miracles that he was doing they was only two fish and five loaves that that God, he, he fed 5,000, they forgot. And they start asking Jesus for another miracle. But Jesus doesn't ease up and go, okay, now I'm going to show you a miracle and now you're going to know that I'm God. He steps it up even further. And he says in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the manna that came down from heaven. And this really offended them because they're Jewish people. And the manna that came down from heaven is kind of a special thing in their heart because that's why uh, he brought manna from heaven. And now Jesus, in saying that, is saying, hey, I am actually God. And so they were real ticked off at that. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He steps it up again. Savage Jesus. And he tells them that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, what the heck is this stuff? You can't, you have no, you, you have no life in you. And now, now they're, 
messed up. And this is where we catch up with the story in verse 60. Is this okay? There's some background story, Star Wars episode one. And now we're going to go to John chapter 6, verse 60. And it says, on hearing this, many of Jesus' disciples. You have to understand, these are not atheist people. These are not people that don't believe in Jesus at all. These are not people that hate Christians. These are his disciples. And they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words that I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. What a tragic end to an amazing, you know, journey. They started this journey. They met Jesus. They were going places they'd never gone before. They were seeing things that they'd never seen before, experiencing miracles and the power of God. And they get to this point in their life where they're challenged in their motives, where Jesus, come on, confronts them in the way that they, uh, you know, the reason that they were following him. And they turn back and they walk away and they go back to their old ways. You know, the reality is sometimes in our lives following God, in our journey with Jesus, things actually get really hard. When you first start to follow Jesus, when I first start to follow God, it felt so easy, man. What, this God, He can forgive me of all my sins, all the stuff that I've done wrong? Oh, this God, He can give me different opportunities. He gave me new friends. He gave me an opportunity to be part of, you know, the worship team and the band. And we went on a tour to Eastern Europe, and I was just involved in the whole thing. I realized that I could rap. And so it was like, oh, there's all these cool things and gifts. But I want to encourage you that I did get to a point where it wasn't that hard to follow Jesus anymore. And the reality is we are all going to get to that point where we need to start making some adjustments. When we follow God, we can think, oh, it's just for, you know, what God can give me. But I want to encourage us. There's a part of our journey with Jesus in which we must change as well. You are going to get to points in your life, moments in your life, where you need to pull up some courage. You're going to need some, you're going to get to some moments in your life where you, you know, your motives are challenged. Your attitude is challenged. Come on, you're going to need to pull up some forgiveness. You're going to need to give grace to somebody. You're going to need to be generous at some point. You're going to need to submit to the Word of God and the principles in the Bible. It's not all easy. I want to encourage you in this place. This is where these people were at, these disciples of Jesus. They were in this moment where they were challenged and they needed to make a decision. The Bible says many of the disciples decided to follow him no more. But I want to encourage you that Jesus' disciples had that decision to make as well. Because Jesus turns to them in verse 67, John chapter 6, verse 67, and he asked them, you do not want to leave too, do you? He asked that to his disciples. And I can imagine, you know, Peter thinking about this 
because in verse 68, he gives his response. But in order to get to how Peter responds to this question, I just want us to freeze time. Can we do that? And just go into, you know, Peter's thought process. How did he arrive at this answer that he gives Jesus in verse 68? And so the first thing, because he didn't understand everything that was going on as well. Because he didn't have the New Testament, he didn't have no commentary, he couldn't just ask Google, what does Jesus mean on this one, brother? He didn't understand as well, but he moved past that. Come on, let me encourage you, young people, sometimes in this place, there are going to be things about God that you don't understand. There's going to be parts and, you know, things that happen in your life that you don't understand. And I think it's awesome that we can seek God and ask God and ask questions and try and get some understanding and try and make sense. But we're not going to make sense of everything. That's the reason why we need, we need to trust in God. And so Peter pushes past that. He would have been offended as well. Peter left everything to follow Jesus. Peter had a family. You know that? He had a wife. He had a family. He left everything. He left his family business to follow Jesus. And now Jesus is saying, uh, do you want to leave as well? Because he's a little bit offended. And so Peter would have had to push past some offense. But I'm thinking that there would have been a little bit more. And the first thing that I want us to look at, I'm ta- does this make sense to you? I'm talking about the thought process that Peter had to go through to get to the answer he gives in verse 68. Is that okay? And so the next thing that I think that, you know, Peter would have been thinking about was he was following Jesus. He'd been around Jesus and he'd seen Jesus do some Peter remembering what happened in John chapter 2 when Jesus turned the water to wine. And if you don't know the story, what happens is Jesus is at this wedding and uh, him and his disciples are there and uh, they run out of wine. Now, this is not like nowadays. Back in the day, when you run out of wine, there's no, there's no thirsty camel. You can't just go up the road, get a couple of cartons, come back, and it's all good. No, this was the end of the party. But Jesus' mom sees this situation, and she immediately goes and tells Jesus about it. An impossible situation. Mary goes and invites Jesus into it. And you know the story goes that Jesus ends up doing this amazing, gathers a whole bunch of servants together, and he tells them to go and fill these jars with water. And he tells them to go and give these, you know, jars and and this water to the master of the ceremonies. And when they do that, the water is actually turned into wine. Can I encourage you in this place that the God that we serve, the Jesus that we follow, is the God of the impossible. And you might be in this place at camp and you might be facing some impossible situations. Maybe you've been going through this thing and this depression. You've been struggling in your mental health. You've been struggling in your self-image. You've been struggling in some things maybe in your life and the circumstances that you're in. And it looks like nothing will ever change. Be different. You've been coming to youth and you've been believing God the way that you wanted to change yet. You're believing God for your relationships or your friendships and your faith. Maybe it's a, a sickness. Maybe it's an impossible situation in your life. Can I encourage you that Jesus is the God of the impossible he is the only one that can do something about impossible situations but you know what sometimes it's easier to stay discouraged it's easier to be realistic but can I encourage you being realistic does not move the hand of God faith does faith does and so I want to encourage you the next thing that I think that uh, Peter was thinking to get to this response he gives is what Jesus said in John chapter 3 verse 13 when he says to his disciples that he actually came down from heaven 
And I can imagine Peter just thinking about that. What an amazing act of love. What kind of king leaves a throne? What kind of king leaves all his majesty to come and rescue his people? Come on, someone. What kind of king would come and be crucified and be beaten out? What kind of king does that? Come on, someone. A good one. A God that loves you. A God that created you and has an amazing plan for your life. And I can imagine Peter thinking about this, what Jesus did. There will never, ever, ever, ever love than Jesus leaving his throne and coming down and dying for our sins. There will be never a greater act of generosity. Come on, someone. Jesus sets the bar high. He's set apart. There's no other God. There's no other religion like Jesus. There's no other God like him. He sets the bar high. But can I encourage you that he challenges those who carry his name to also carry his nature. The bar is set high for followers of Jesus as well. And sometimes you can get to this point where you're like, wow, this Christianity thing is not as easy as I thought it was. And that's the point where people... Many people turn back. They go group. They go back to their old way of thinking. They go back to the old things that they find comfort in. They go back to their old ways. And I want to challenge you young people in this place, don't turn back. Make the adjustment. I can imagine Peter then thinking about how Jesus healed this royal official's son in John chapter 4 where Jesus was in Galilee and this royal official comes to Jesus and says, hey, you need to come to my house. He lived in Capernaum a few miles away. You need to hands on, on my little one. They're, they're sick and, and I need you to come and help me. And he's coming to Jesus. And Jesus in that moment just says a word. Right from where he was standing, miles away. And he says, it's all good, go home. Do you know what I love? I love the royal official's response. He takes Jesus at his word. And he goes back and while he's still on the way, one of his servants comes to him and says, you know, that very hour that Jesus spoke the word was the hour that his son was made completely well. Can I encourage you that Peter would have never seen such authority. Jesus didn't even have to be in the building. The kid didn't even have to hear his voice. He didn't even have to physically touch them. Such undeniable. Finally, I can imagine Peter thinking about what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 26 and 27. It's just going to come up on the screen. This is what Jesus said. He said, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And watch this. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. That's something you don't need to judge very often. Something we're trying to avoid, the fact that Jesus is a judge. But I want to encourage you. He's the ultimate judge. But there is no judge that is so merciful. You will never, ever meet another judge that would trade places with the accused. Trade places with the criminal and pay the price for our crimes. And all this led Peter to the way that he responds in John chapter 6. Come on, someone, verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It's awesome if the band comes. Verse 69. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter was pretty much saying, 
There's no one like you, Jesus. We understand that you are the only one that can do something about my impossible. We understand that you are the only judge that would trade places with the criminal and pay the price for their crimes. I understand. This is what Peter's saying. I understand that Jesus is the only son that would be so obedient that he would die on a cross because his father said that this is the only way that people can be saved. This is the only way that you and I could be saved. This is the only way that you and I can have a relationship with our God in heaven. He's the only name that connects us to the forgiveness and the purpose of God. I want to encourage young people, only Jesus can do something about the impossible. Only Jesus can show you how valuable you really are. Only Jesus can take that fear and anxiety that has been controlling your life. I believe there's someone in this place, and that's, I'm speaking right to you right now. I want to encourage you, you need to press in, you need to hear this is the truth. Jesus can set you free. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can give you a brand new life. It's only Jesus. Point At this point in this position, halfway through the camp, I'm sure you would have heard some awesome words from Pastor Andrew and from the team and being encouraged. The camp is going to continue. We, we got still tomorrow. I believe God's going to do something powerful. But right here, right now, I believe that you're going to get the most of it. If you settle that in your heart, no matter what happens when I leave this place, when I leave this environment, I'm not going back. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go back to those, those same friends? You're going to go back to that old way of thinking that had you feeling bad. Where are you going to go? There's been a few times in my life where I came in and I came in with my friends and I built some really good relationships. And there's been a few times where certain things have happened. And I've faced a moment just like this where I was like, you know what? I, I just go back and get my basketball career back and get it going again. I just go back. I've got some other friends. I've got some other things. I could go to another church. I can go to another thing. Ah, I don't need this. I don't need to take this. I want to encourage you. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful to God that I didn't make that decision because if I didn't stick around and if I didn't stay with it, I wouldn't have my hat in my life. They wouldn't be here. If I made that decision, I want to encourage you. I've been involved in youth for a decade. I see many young people come full of potential. And I also see many young people go. But sometimes we don't want to make a decision. We're just like, oh, I'll just feel it out, just figure it out. Do you know what? That's a decision. Ultimately, it's a decision against the purpose that God has for your life. So right here, right now, what I want us to do is just, just bow our head and close our eyes. And if this is for you, I just want you to just put one hand on your heart. I want to pray for you. And in this moment right here, I want to encourage you. I'm praying this prayer as well. There's still days in my life I feel like giving up. 
someone in this place, that's a word for you. You feel like giving up, but Jesus is just telling you, hey, don't give up. I'm with you every step of the way. And if you would just trust Him, you'll see the goodness of God. That's His promise for you. Father, I thank You for every one of these amazing young people. I thank You that every single one of them is so valuable and so special to You. And I just pray right now in this moment that You would help us, God, to make that decision, God, to draw a line in the sand. In fact, to my old ways, I'm never going back to my old way of thinking. I'm never going back to my old friendship group. I'm following Christ. I have decided no matter what. I want to know You, God. I want to live the plan that you have for my life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So good.